running back transfer Rocket Sanders is going to miss the majority of spring practice, which isn't ideal, but it's also not something to get too worked up about. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Angel Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on Fan Nation. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now as new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now over the past few days, for very good reason, we've talked a lot about South Carolina's men's and women's basketball programs. But for today's show, I wanted to... Take another look back at South Carolina's football program because this past Saturday when South Carolina played the Missouri Tigers in the Colonial Life Arena, Shane Beamer was made available to the media for about 10-12 minutes or so after introducing a bunch of the spring enrollees, a lot of the newcomers for South Carolina's football team. And during those 8-10 to 10 minutes, Shane Beamer made it known to everyone that Rocket Sanders was going to miss the majority of spring practice, maybe come back at the end, but he's got a bit of an issue that he's dealing with. With I want to say it's his shoulder. He was in a big old sling that had a cushion between his arm and his abdomen area that he was wearing. And while it's not ideal that Rocket Sanders is going to miss most of spring ball, Gamecock fans should not be overly concerned about it. Now, again, Shane's exact words this past Saturday when talking about Rocket Sanders was, he won't be able to go at the very beginning, hopefully by the end. Knew that when we brought Rocket in. So it sounds like that this is something that is lingering or did linger from this past season. Obviously, Rocket Sanders dealt with a lot of injury issues in the 2023 season, and it seems like that he needed to have an operation done in order to maybe clean some stuff up, maybe in that shoulder joint, but that's just merely speculating. Obviously, I don't know specifically. I'm just kind of taking a guess there. But again, Rocket Sanders, it's not a necessity that he has to go through spring ball with this football team. And there's a couple of reasons why that's the case. One, Rocket Sanders is a proven commodity. We're not talking about some true freshman that's coming into this program straight out of high school. Somebody that, you know, really needs the practice time to not just develop individually, but also get to know the scheme and the playbook and obviously try to get to know all of his new teammates on the roster. Rocket Sanders is a proven commodity in college football. We're talking about a guy that's played 32 games in his career and started 18 of them. And we're also talking about a guy that was a first-team All-SEC running back at Arkansas in 2022. So, there's no question what kind of talent South Carolina is getting with Rocket Sanders. And for that very reason, honestly, spring ball is 
unnecessary for him. You don't have to send him out there to see what he is going to give you. The other reason why this isn't a big deal is because Rocket Sanders is already familiar with South Carolina offensive coordinator Dow Loggins. So, because of that, Rocket Sanders, he already knows how Dow Loggins likes to operate, both when it comes to maybe the film room and also when it comes to how he wants to run an offense. And you might be saying, but Andrew, he was a tight ends coach when he was at Arkansas, so they were rarely ever in the same room at the same time unless maybe it was an offensive meeting. And sure, that would be correct, but Rocket Sanders you have to assume he at least has an idea of sort of what the vision is of Dow Loggins when it comes to his offensive scheme. And also, just because Rocket Sanders is hurt right now and maybe he can't go through the reps physically in spring practice, it doesn't mean that he can't study the playbook on his own time and take mental reps when he is out there watching the team practice. Also, there is a silver lining to this, and obviously, you don't ever want this to occur through injury, but this does happen, of course, from time to time, especially at a position that takes a lot of punishment like the running back position does. South Carolina is now going to get to see what they have in their other running backs, because again, as I talked about earlier, they know what they have in Rocket Sanders, but... What is Oscar Attaway III from North Texas going to bring to this offense? How is Jawarn Howell, the transfer running back from South Carolina State, going to adapt to the FBS level? Obviously, he was really good at the FCS ranks with the Bulldogs, but going from the FCS level to the SEC at the Power 4 level, um, that's a massive jump when it comes to competition, the overall speed, the overall physicality, you name it. So, the coaches are going to get a much better idea of how he's going to be able to adjust and handle that in spring ball. Dontavious Braswell, obviously a kid that a lot of fans were excited about going into this past season. He didn't wind up appearing in many games, but he did have some good moments. So, now that he's had almost a whole year under his belt in this football program, how has he improved since he got here during the summertime in 2023? That's another question this staff might be able to answer now that some more of those reps that Rocket Sanders might have gotten originally are going to trickle on down to Dontavious Braswell on this depth chart. And then lastly, Juju McDowell. And again, I I've said this dozens and dozens of times now, Juju's never going to be a three-down back. And with all these new running backs in this room, you have to imagine that his role is probably going to change in this offense. Juju McDowell is going to probably be even more of a scat back than he was before. A guy that's going to go out there and maybe be involved on some specialty plays. Maybe if it's a third and long situation, you might put him out there as a second back just to have another receiving option on the field. But, you know, again, you're going to now get spring ball to try and figure out if your Dow Loggins and the rest of these coaches, how do you utilize Juju McDowell? Because, I mean... You can't not use Juju McDowell. Juju McDowell's got some positive traits in his skill set that can be used to your advantage offensively and also when it comes to special teams. But how exactly does that role change now that there's a lot more bodies in that room? Rocket Sanders being there or not being there probably would not have changed that very much. But obviously, again, with Rocket being out, that means everybody else now gets a few more reps during spring ball. 
So maybe you'll get a better idea as to what kind of role Juju McDowell is going to have in this offense in 2024 because Rocket Sanders, for the most part, won't go through spring practice in the next month and a half or two. Now, Rocket Sanders, he has been away from the team, it seems like, because he's having to obviously go through uh, physical therapy and rehab with this procedure that he got done this offseason. There's another star offensive player, or at least a notable offensive player, who's also taken some time away from the team, but for a different reason, as Nick Harper is currently going through track season. But that does not mean that he's putting football on the back burner. And that says a lot about the kind of person and teammate Nicholas Harbour is. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, we're just a couple weeks away from the Super Bowl taking place, which means the NFL season is almost over. But you've still got time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. We've got some line movement here with the spread of Super Bowl 58. As the 49ers did start out as two and a half point favorites, but money seems to be coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs because now that line is listed at just one and a half points. So if you're wanting to pick the Chiefs as an underdog and have a chance at maybe getting a bigger payout, now's the time to do it. Otherwise, you may miss out on your chance in the next couple of days or so. The FanDuel app is easy to use and you can bet on anything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily or your daily watch on YouTube. Now, Rocket Sanders was not the only player that Shane Beamer talked about when he was chatting with the media during the men's basketball game against Missouri this past Saturday. Nicholas Harper was another player that got brought up in conversation. And based on what Shane Beamer had to say about Nicholas Harper and how he's going about juggling track season with football, Nicholas Harper, it's fair to say, he is a consummate teammate. And he has not been selfish with his athletic career like some thought he would be, potentially, when he got to South Carolina. Now, before we dive into this a little bit further, I do want to play the video clip and soundbite of Shane Beamer talking about what Nicholas Harper's been doing over the past month or so. This video and soundbite is courtesy of Gamecock Central. So, take a listen to what Shane Beamer had to say here. And with, with Nick Hobart and his mm-hmm. training schedule, what, what's his work look like this week? Yeah, Nick's been awesome. He came to us and, and was like, I want to be a 
I'm a track, I want to be a track athlete. I want to help us win a championship in track, but I don't want to miss out on anything football wise. So he has been awesome. It's not like he just goes to track and then we see him every once in a while. He's involved with football every day. Now we're smart with his meets. He's out in, like I said, in Arkansas right now. He's out in Arkansas. We didn't have him here yesterday morning doing bear crawls and sled pushes as well. But he wants to be in the meetings. He wants to be around the football team. We had a 6 a.m. workout uh, two Mondays ago that he didn't have to be at because he wasn't participating in it, but he came at 6 a.m. to be there for his teammates. So I've sat down with the track coaches. we got a great uh, working relationship. And he's, uh, he's mixing both, but he's still heavily involved with football. And then when we get into the spring, Hale, it'll be similar. He'll be limited in the spring. He wants to practice and be involved, but we're just going to be smart how we do it with track. So the main thing that I want to talk about here with Nicholas Harp and what Shane Beamer said there in that clip and soundbite is the respect that he is going to gain from doing all of this. When Nicholas Harper committed and signed uh, with South Carolina back in the 2023 recruiting cycle, there were a lot of questions that people had. Obviously, you know, there were uh, opposing fan bases that tried to poke holes in that recruitment saying, well, you're going to get a guy that's probably not going to be 100% committed to football. But you also had some Gamecock fans that were kind of sitting there wondering, you know, just... How how much effort is this guy going to put into, you know, juggling both sports? Because it's one thing to do it at the high school level. High school, it's a lot easier to play multiple sports. But when you get to college, and obviously, um, you know, all of the great things that you get to do while you're in college, and you're still trying to juggle multiple sports at the same time as a student athlete, that can really wear on you. And it's why you don't see this happen very much at this level, you know, in modern times. But Nicholas Harbour right now, he's attempting to do that with football and also track. Now, the reason why I say he's going to gain a lot of respect for this, and this should be pretty obvious here. Imagine if you were a player on South Carolina's football team. You're going through the grind of the off-season strength and conditioning program. So, you know, you're not going out there putting on pads and hitting each other right now. You're simply trying to get stronger. You're trying to get faster. You're trying to get more explosive. And you're probably going through some workouts that Luke Day's putting together that probably aren't very fun. Um, and so that's where camaraderie is really built between all these guys. When you're going through that off-season strength conditioning program and you've got all these new guys that have come into the fold and are now looking to do some great things here at South Carolina, whether it be team-oriented or, admittedly, um, individually oriented, maybe individually centric around their own goals. So, Nicholas Harper, I think that a lot of those guys in that locker room would understand completely if he was like, guys, you're not going to probably see me for a month and a half or two. I'm going to put all my focus towards track. And then once spring practice starts, you know, I'll kind of get reintegrated into what all y'all are doing. And you'll see me in mid to late March. I don't think a lot of guys would blame Nicholas Harper if that's the way that he wanted to handle this whole situation. But the fact that Nicholas Harper is still showing up in the building and the fact that he's still going through some of these workouts. Now, obviously, again, like Shea Beamer alluded to, you can't make him do all the same stuff that everybody else is doing because working out for track and prepping for track is a whole different realm compared to trying to get your body ready to play football later that same year. 
But the fact that he's still showing up, that says a lot about the commitment Nicholas Harper has, not just to himself and his own athletic ambitions, but also to the rest of his teammates. His teammates are going to respect him significantly because they're going to know that no matter what happens this coming fall, they don't have to question how much that guy cares. They don't. Because if he's willing to stretch himself out that thin to meet both obligations with both sports that he is trying to perform in, in college, then you know that you've got somebody that you can go into the proverbial foxhole with when you're on the football field on Saturdays. And you could say the same thing about track. Nicholas Harper's obviously going to gain their respect because they're going to be like, hey, you know, he's obviously committed to what we're trying to do over here, but he's not just leaving his other teammates behind, you know, the guys on that football team. And obviously the coaches also are going to really respect how Nicholas Harper is handling this whole situation. He's not handling it like he's an 18, 19 year old. Again, it'd be very easy for most people his age, you know, and people a little bit older than him, myself included, probably just sit there and say, no, I want to put all my focus and attention towards one thing right now. And then in a couple months, sure, you'll see me around here and I'll try to shift some of my focus back towards football. But Nicholas Harper's not doing that. And I think it just says a lot about him. And I don't think that what Shane said about him this past Saturday should go unnoticed at all if you're a Gamecock fan. Now, going back to basketball, South Carolina is going to be playing the Auburn Tigers later tonight on the women's side. And when it comes to this conference, obviously the past couple years, Auburn has not been a team that Gamecock fans have probably been overly worried about. But I don't think that that should be the case this time around. Tonight's matchup, it's going to be difficult, in my opinion. And I'll dive into the reasons why I think that's going to be the case in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Now, going into this current basketball season, a lot of South Carolina women's basketball fans probably did not expect to be looking at this Auburn game that's about to take place later tonight on SEC Network Plus and say, this game is going to be a tough one. Might be one of the toughest matchups that the team plays in all of conference play throughout this season. You probably weren't expecting to say that, but I'm going to tell you all right now, um, I think that this matchup is going to be tougher than originally anticipated. Auburn is extremely tough defensively. Now, South Carolina has played multiple teams that are really good on the defensive end this season. They've played teams like Texas A&M, East Carolina, Duke, North Carolina, all teams that rank in the top 50 in field goal percentage defense. Now, Auburn does not rank in the top 50, but they're literally just one spot outside of that grouping. They are 51st nationally in field goal percentage defense, allowing their opponents to only shoot 37.2% from the floor in each contest that they play. Auburn also is a team that is very aggressive in terms of stealing the basketball on the defensive end. They are tied for second in the SEC in steals per game with 10.8. 
And the thing about Auburn is they use their tenacious defensive play and try to parlay that into their offense. The Tigers are very, very intentional about trying to drive to the basket. How do I know that? Well, all you got to do is look at the amount of free throw attempts that they have each game. The Tigers average 20.55 free throw attempts per game. So the strategy here for Auburn seems to be this. Get the opposing team starters in foul trouble so that the opposing coach has to go into the bench and then when they've got maybe younger players out there, or let's just be honest, maybe players that cannot handle the moment as well as the starters can, we could be even more aggressive defensively and be in full-blown attack mode when passes are being made. So, for South Carolina, this is an area that I myself am a bit concerned about because the Gamecocks, well, they have been better recently. They have not done well on the road when it comes to ball security and each and every one of the games that they've played. The Utah game comes to mind. The game, I believe, against Duke also comes to mind. Sloppy turnovers have happened on certain occasions with this team. And so, if you don't take care of the basketball tonight, you're going to open the door for Auburn to make this game a lot more interesting than they probably should on paper. And here's the other thing that is dangerous that you cannot put a number on. The Tigers are going to be confident that they can win this game. Auburn, for the past couple of years, they've been wandering in the desert when it comes to women's basketball. You know, they've only gotten like, say, three, four, five wins, and those came against some of the worst teams in the conference. They usually were non-competitive against the top teams in the SEC, but that's beginning to change under the watch of Johnny Harris, their head coach. The Tigers defeated number nine LSU at home back in mid-January. And also, right now, they currently possess a 3-4 and four record in conference play. But three of their losses had a margin of eight points or less. And two of those games, they only lost by three points. So if a couple plays flip-flop here and there this season, Auburn right now could be... 5-2 and two, or maybe even 6-1 and one in conference play. They could be right behind South Carolina when it comes to the SEC regular season title race. Not to mention, the Tigers have also won back-to-back SEC games over the past week and a half. And again, that is a far cry from what they have accomplished over the past couple of years. So, Auburn is an improved team The results have shown that on their schedule, and not to mention, they're going to have a home crowd behind them. And Neville Arena, while I know people mainly talk about it when it comes to their men's basketball team, that place can get really loud, especially if you don't make the right plays for the majority of the time you play Auburn in that venue. So, this could be a very, very dangerous Maybe even trap game for South Carolina because think about it. The Gamecocks play Ole Miss this coming Sunday. And that's a team that for the past couple years, this program knows is going to play them tough and is one of the top teams, one of the top programs in this conference. And so they don't overlook Coach Yo and the Fighting Rebels. But Auburn, they will have no issue dispatching you if you allow them to. Now, 
I know that up to this point, I've made it sound like South Carolina's got a massive uphill climb on their hands tonight, but as with most of South Carolina's opponents, Auburn does have a glaring weakness here, and that is their lack of a dominant rebounder in the front court. The Tigers' leading rebounder is Taylin Collins, and she is listed at six foot one. She does play one of the forward spots for Auburn, and she currently is averaging a little over six rebounds per game. The thing is, no other Tiger player is averaging more than 4.7 rebounds per contest. So if you're Camilla Cardoso, if you are Chloe Kitts, Sanaya Fagan, Ashlyn Watkins, you got to be looking at this game on paper and saying, this needs to be a game where we impose our will on the glass. If Auburn is competing with you in terms of rebounds and we're about 30, 25 minutes into tonight's game, that is a serious problem because there's no reason that that should happen considering the overall lack of height and length that this front court has, seemingly. So, South Carolina, of course, in my opinion, should still win this game. But it would not surprise me if this game had some ugly stretches. It will be a good test to see how is South Carolina going to handle a tougher environment now at this point in the season, now that they've played a bunch of really big games away from their home arena. And are they looking ahead a little bit to Ole Miss? I highly doubt that that is the case, again, with what Don Staley has done with this program. But you never know. It happens to everybody, even the best teams in the sport. So we'll see what all happens when the game takes place later on tonight. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on Rocket Sanders missing the majority of spring practice? Do you think that it's a big deal or not a big deal? What are your thoughts on Nicholas Harper and how he's handling juggling track season and football season? And what his teammates probably think about that? And lastly, what are your thoughts on tonight's women's basketball game between the Gamecocks and the Auburn Tigers? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you could shoot me a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.